0: Hello, and welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. My name is Krista Williams, and I am so glad you're here for this solo episode. We're mixing it up a little bit. We are just jumping right into the solo, to the content. But if you're new to Almost 30, welcome. We've been around for about six years. We've grown this community and this brand and this business from the ground up. Myself and my best friend, Lindsay Simsick, And we are all about supporting you in your evolution through any transition in your life. We want to be there. We want to be there to provide you the resources, the support, the insight, the laughs, the conversations, whatever you need. You don't need to be 30 or almost 30 to listen. You can be whoever you are, wherever you are, and in whatever phase of life that you are to listen. You can find more at almost30.com. Almost 30 Podcast on Instagram. We are on TikTok. We are TikToking our favorite quotes and guests and moments of the podcast at Almost 30 Podcast on TikTok. And you can find me on Instagram at it's Krista, it's I T S K R I S T A. So today's episode has been inspired by a conversation I've been having with our community about drinking. About alcohol, the consumption of alcohol, and the effects of alcohol on our bodies, on our physical bodies, you know, these physical vehicles that we have in this lifetime, and then the spiritual effects of alcohol. And in this conversation, I wanted to talk a little bit about my journey with alcohol, why I stopped drinking alcohol during my spiritual awakening when I was 26 some of the things that I noticed before I stopped drinking about myself, about others, about the world, and then some of the things that I noticed when I stopped drinking, all the benefits that I saw, all the things that felt different for me. And I want to talk a little bit about the spiritual effects of alcohol and what we can notice or what I've observed over time, especially as I've stepped more into My role as a spiritual teacher and leader, I never really felt like I could give myself permission to say these things that I noticed around alcohol's effect on your spiritual journey, but I'm going to go into it today. So in this conversation, it's going to be a little bit more on the woo-woo side. It's going to be a little bit more on the side of the unseen. There is a little bit of information that I'll share and data and research around the points that I make, on the benefits that I've seen. But when I go into the spiritual part of this conversation, we're just going to go into it. We're going to keep an open mind and we are going to let it flow and let it feel intriguing and interesting. And you can just see if it lands with you. And I'm assuming that a lot of you have drank alcohol before. There might be people that are listening that haven't. And this is really just my journey. This is my perspective. These are my insights. Some of them I'll have research for. But if you are feeling like this might be a judgmental conversation and you're feeling like you're going to feel judged because you like to drink, then maybe this isn't the episode for you. If you feel like it's something you want to keep around and you're not really interested in quitting, you could listen or not. So I just want to give you that free will opportunity to choose if this is your podcast But if you're curious about drinking and not drinking, and if you're sober curious, if you are someone that has always been interested in the relationship between yourself and alcohol or any toxins or any other substances, or you are in moments of your spiritual awakening, or you are on a spiritual path, or you want to connect more deeply to your intuition, you want to feel better in your body, you want to make more progress to a life that you love, then this one is a good one because those are some of the things that I've noticed through my path.
1: Major announcement from Almost 30. We are hosting Space Camp on January 28th. This is our favorite event of the year. Camp Almost 30 has gotten a little bit of a rebrand because we were feeling like, I think we're ready to really go there. (laughs) with our community. So we are welcoming guests who we feel have really taken us to a whole other planet in our interviews and in our conversations with them. So guests like Brie Melanson, she is going to be doing a workshop on psychic development, Find and Tap into Your Gifts. She is a teacher and channel and one who has really been such a support and teacher for Krista and I throughout the years. We are welcoming Jordan Younger. So she is going to help us find our galactic origins. She is the podcast host of the Balanced Blonde podcast. She's an author. She's a spiritual teacher. We're also welcoming Lee Harris, who recently was on the podcast in a two-part episode. And he is going to channel the Z's live for us. How special. He does not do this often. So we feel very, very, very lucky. And we will also be welcoming Sandra Walter. So she is going to be teaching on Ascension 101, the crystalline grid and higher realm support. She is so special. She's a light worker and teacher and has been on the podcast. And Krista and I are going to be sharing a very, very, very special experience, heavenly coded Reiki infused sound bath. And I'm excited for you all to join us. So this is happening on January 28th from 10 to 2 p.m. PST. Make sure you sign up. Space is limited, but it's absolutely free. Absolutely free. We're excited to welcome you. And this is the kickoff to membership opening. So membership is going to be open indefinitely now. So you can join membership for six months at a time and really, really focus Uh, and support your growth. It is our favorite place to just come and be ourselves and really get super intimate with you all, more intimate than on the podcast. So I'm excited for you all to join the membership, but head to almost30.com slash space dash camp. That's almost30.com slash space dash camp space dash camp. (laughs) Say that 30 times. Almost30.com slash space dash camp to sign up for camp. Absolutely free. We will see you on January 28th. So
0: a little bit about me. I was born in the Midwest, which is definitely an area for drinkers. I will tell you what I did not know that people in the Midwest drank the way that they did until I was able to travel and move about. And I was like, whoa. I remember one time I was at a party in Ohio with my husband and all these guys were telling stories about drinking and they were like, just going on about drinking stories. And I was just sitting there like, "Yep, this is normal. And my husband was like, do you know that (laughs) those stories that they're telling about how inebriated they got where they couldn't remember anything or they woke up in the middle of the road or it was just wild. He was like, I don't really think that's normal. Like, I don't think people outside of the Midwest drink like that. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. And it's really part of the culture. It's a lot of the way that people connect. It's a lot of what people do for activities. It's kind of a sports culture. So you have football games or baseball games, and you're always finding opportunities and reasons to drink. So drinking was so much a part of the way that I grew up in the atmosphere that I grew up in. And I will say that my parents never consumed much alcohol. My mom would drink wine every once in a while. My dad never drank. My dad is like deeply this spiritual being In his own way. And he just said, I never felt good. And he never drank. So I was actually very grateful that for most of my life, I was able to have my parents present as much as they could be for their situation and not consuming alcohol. But I started to drink, I don't know, high school, something like that. And I never really liked it even then. And I knew that I was drinking it to just fit in, to just kind of, I don't know, be one with the crowd or get along with everybody. And that really continued through my journey through college. And I remember in college having an amazing time, but then also feeling deeply bored and deeply depressed because I was drinking most of the time and most of the atmosphere and culture centered around drinking. It was like, let's dress up in a toga outfit to drink or let's do this thing to drink. Let's drink. Let's find reasons to drink. And I honestly think of all my time in college, I probably drank maybe one entire beer. I would open them and take a sip and put them down. I was that person where the full beers were everywhere because I never liked beer. And if I did drink, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to drink for the purpose of getting drunk. The entire purpose for me was to get drunk. And so really it was like past the time. I think I was, I had amazing friends and community there that I met and loved, but I wasn't very stimulated. And taking responsibility, of course, for myself, I could have done a lot to stimulate myself in college. Um, But I wasn't, I just wasn't stimulated. I didn't find my schooling interesting. I didn't find much that I was doing very interesting. So I found drinking would help to pass the time to fit in to make things more interesting than they were. And there was one point, I think my freshman year, I got so drunk, I got arrested, (laughs) which is hilarious, but not At the same time, I had to do community service, pick up trash on the side of the road. Not my chicest moment, but it happened. I actually will never forget that. You guys, picking up trash on the side of the road in Ohio. This is how far we have come, honey. We have come far. And I never got arrested again, never got in trouble again. But that was a little bit of a wake-up call, but not really. It was kind of more just hilarious that that had happened to me, that I had completely blacked out, and some cop had like found me in a bush. I mean, I laugh, but then I'm also like, hmm, "It's dangerous, very dangerous. Not not the best look. What's going on in your life, honey? That was honestly when I got arrested. The worst year of my entire life. There was a lot of things that happened. So of course, I was just drinking to soothe myself, and that was what I saw as a way to help emotions and feelings. That's kind of what everyone was doing was drinking to pass the time and then also to connect and also to not feel the feelings or numb the feelings. And after college, I moved to Chicago, which I loved. It was amazing. I loved my time there so much. I lived there for a good amount of time when I was working in my full-time job, living with a lot of my friends. And I continued to drink. And I think that was when I really started to have my awakening, where I really started to look at my life and the way that I was living it and just started to get more serious about what I wanted from my life, some of the patterns and habits that I had and some of the things I was thinking and some of the feelings that I had. And I'll never forget when I was at a bar one night drinking, I was so drunk. I didn't even remember what happened that night. And a dear friend of mine I saw the next day, she goes, do you remember seeing me last night? And I go, no. And she goes, oh. And the look on her face, horrified. She was horrified. And from that point, I could only intuit what she had felt or thought. So you could say she served as a divine mirror for me to look at myself and be like, wow, I'm scaring people (laughs) that I was drinking so much. But the thing is, in the culture that I was, it wasn't abnormal. It wasn't like I felt like I had a problem or anything else, but it was kind of like the norm. And it was one of those things where I remember feeling this in college where the way that we would connect was not through the drinking, but it was actually through the telling of the stories of how drunk we were the night before. So I always found it so interesting that the night before when you would be so drunk, you would be blackout. You wouldn't really remember. I didn't feel like I was connecting then, but I remember the opportunity for connection actually lied in the morning after when everyone was sitting around on the couch, everyone was hungover, everyone was just hanging out. And we would all tell stories like, oh, remember when you did this? Remember when this person said this? Remember when this happened? And that was the actual connection because we had sort of left each other mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually the night before being drunk. So The feeling of connection was something that I remember, but my friend serving as my mirror and kind of just woke me up a little bit. It's interesting how in my journey in life, the wake up moments or the times in which I've sort of come to have happened in really small comments or really, really small moments. And for me, that was one of them where I was like, wow you know, I'm not really my best self. I'm not really in my highest expression or feeling good or looking good, or I'm not really being perceived well when I'm wasted. And there was a few other parts of my journey where I had really, really, really bad anxiety. And this was probably a period in time where I was also depressed. I've struggled with mental health in my family and in my life since I was very little. And I really just had to be honest about putting it all together. There was a night where it was very late and I couldn't sleep because we had been drinking and it was that in and out of sleep that really unproductive unquality sleep that you have when you drink and I remember just feeling so depressed and so anxious and just so miserable that I had these suicidal ideations and I was like I just this isn't it you know this doesn't feel good I I'd rather not be here and I don't say that lightly I'm not saying that with any jest or anything but suicidal ideation has been something that's very familiar to me and in my family history. So it's not abnormal, but it was like, whoa, what am I doing? You know, what am I actually wanting to do with my life? So as all this is happening with the drinking where I'm sort of waking up to how I'm being perceived, how I'm feeling, what it's doing for my mental health, I was then in tandem having my spiritual awakening. So I was starting to go to yoga all the time. Yoga is such a great place to kick off your spiritual awakening. I got my first spiritual books. I started to read spiritual texts and then I also started to meditate. So meditation, yoga, and then spiritual texts were really, really instrumental in my spiritual awakening in my life. And there was one moment, and I don't remember when, I don't remember how, but I was probably mid-twenties. And I said, you know, I'm going to stop drinking. I'm just going to stop drinking because I had been someone that had never really enjoyed it. Even when I was in high school, even when I was in college, it had never felt pleasurable to me. It had never felt enjoyable. I would always just do it because it was around. I would do it to fit in. I would do it to connect. And, you know, in the Huberman Lab podcast with Andrew Huberman, he talks about how there's some people that actually do, you know, have positive effects from alcohol. And I even saw some of my friends. I'm like, oh my God, they're having so much fun. You know, they're like, just, they get happier. And it's not like I didn't get happier. I was just kind of, I don't know. I wasn't sad or mad. I was just there. And I didn't really even feel much. So I decided to stop drinking. And from that point, I've pretty much been sober. I've probably had maybe 10 total drinks in the past 10 years, maybe a wine here and there, maybe a cocktail here and there. I'll have a few sips, but it has been something that has been incredibly transformational for my life in every single area, and I can't even tell you how amazing it's been to live without alcohol and to not drink. Some of the benefits that I've noticed since I've stopped drinking, one is clearer skin, clearer, brighter, more supple gorgeous, glowing skin. It has felt like it's less puffy. There's less fine lines. Alcohol actually causes your body and skin to lose fluid. It actually dehydrates your skin and your body. So then you have dry skin and then wrinkles can really more quickly form. And then your skin can also look dull and gray because it's dehydrated. So it's really important that we have hydrated, beautiful, supple skin. That's why fruit is so good for your skin because it has those nutrients and that hydration. So alcohol's diuretic aspects cause your skin to lose vitamins and nutrients. As an example, vitamin A is lost when you're drinking. So my skin has really, really improved over time. I noticed even looking at pictures of myself when I was younger, my skin looks worse. There was a tan moment happening. There was over makeup moments, many of them. Let me tell you, I was had a smoky eye almost every time I went out. But my skin just looks drier. It looks less supple, looks less healthy. And then also, I remember my face feeling so bloated and puffy because of the water retention element, because of the diuretic element, your body holds on to the water. And a lot of times it holds on to the water in your face. And for someone that has a very round face, take it or leave it, love it or hate it, always had these cheeks since I was born. It was not my favorite thing to have an even puffier face. I was like, ooh this is not a good look. So I noticed my skin looks so much better in all areas of my body. I also noticed better digestion. So just one single episode of heavy drinking can damage cells in the stomach, can induce inflammation and lesions in the stomach lining because it's essentially this like toxin that's in your body. And high alcohol beverages can delay stomach emptying. So this results in a bacterial degeneration of the food, which can cause abdominal discomfort. So what happens is that if you eat a heavy meal and you're drinking a lot, you have this heavy alcohol, your body will delay stomach emptying and delay digestion, which will basically have this food and the alcohol sitting in your stomach for a long time. And it's also irritating the gut lining, which is causing inflammation in the intestines, which stops the gut from absorbing nutrients from your food. So the nutrients from the food doesn't get digested. You then have this delayed stomach emptying. And then you have this opportunity where the body has to choose what to metabolize, the alcohol or the food. And it's really working over time to really metabolize these two different things that have nutrients in the food and then no nutrients in the alcohol. So it's actually really, really hard on the body to be digesting and metabolizing food and alcohol. So I noticed more abdominal comfort. There was less bloating. And overall, my body just felt like it was working way better than when I would have alcohol. And it just felt like it would throw everything off. I also really noticed, I think this is so important and I'm excited to talk about it because one of the really powerful things was that I had so much more time and energy to pursue my dreams. And I think if anything, that is something I really want to leave with a lot of people is that we have to be really thoughtful and truthful with ourselves about how we're spending our time when we want to pursue our dreams or we want to live a life that we love. And this does not mean that we are forever productive and we're forever working and we're forever time blocking and we're spending all of our time working or side hustling or girl bossing or whatever the fuck. We're actually just being really truthful about ourselves so that wherever we go, There we are. So if we are resting, we are truly resting. We're not scrolling our phones, half resting, where we're like, yeah, I'm not doing anything today. And we're like building a business plan to take over the world. (laughs) It means we're truly resting. Or if we're working, we're actually working. We're not on our phones, on blogs, shopping. We're truly wherever we are. And I noticed that when I made the shift to stop drinking that I had so much more time to my dreams and my life and my manifestations and my creativity and my self-care and just my spiritual practice. It was the best. It felt so good. I had the new 10, 15, 20 hours a week. I don't even know how much because it would be going out a few times, say twice a week. That's maybe five or six hours each. And then the hangover period, Like having my entire Saturday and Sunday back from being hungover was huge. I had so much more time to work out, to go on walks, to connect with people I love in a real genuine way, to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And at that point, I was so unhappy in my job. I was so unhappy to not be living on purpose. And that is one of my deepest anxieties is that I'm not going to fulfill my purpose here on earth. I'm not going to fulfill my reason for existing or I'm not going to live up to my potential. And so I had this job that I hated and it wasn't even that bad, you guys. I'm just, you know, dramatic. And then I was drinking all the time. And then it's like, okay, where is the time? So this is 40 hours a week, 50 maybe. And then this is like 20. When can I think about my future? When can I plan for my future? When can I? invest in my future self and the things that I really want to create in my life.
1: Okay, fall is here. I love it. I love it. I love it. It always offers like a little bit of a reset when fall kicks in. Maybe our schedules get a little bit busier in a different way, but I take it as a way to really streamline what I am eating for every meal and to also just make sure I am nourishing myself in a real way. And Daily Harvest Ensures that I can do that. They deliver delicious, delicious frozen meals to my doorstep, but these aren't just frozen meals. These are very, very delicious meals that are curated as if you literally have a private chef. They work directly with farmers to source the best of the best ingredients, and they basically freeze the fruits and vegetables at peak ripeness to lock in nutrients and flavor. And they never use artificial preservatives or artificial ingredients. They can stay in your freezer until you're ready to enjoy it, which I love. I'm not wasting food, which is so, so key. I love the artichoke and spinach flatbread. I had that for lunch today. Um, I also love their harvest bowls. Their cauliflower pesto one is one of my faves. The broccoli rice and dill pilaf is also an incredible one. And guess what? listen, you can add your favorite protein. So tonight I'm going to make the broccoli uh, rice and dill pilaf harvest bowl, and then I'm going to put salmon on top. That's right. So easy. Honestly, all of their harvest bowls, flatbreads, smoothies, lattes, and more take less than five minutes to cook or blend up. It literally takes the guesswork out of anything. So you deserve one less thing to worry about let Daily Harvest take care of the fruits and veggies for you. Go to dailyharvest.com slash almost 30 to get up to $40 off your first box. That's right. $40. That's dailyharvest.com slash almost 30 for up to $40 off your first box. Dailyharvest.com slash almost 30. So
0: by having all of that time on Saturday and Sunday, especially I was able to cultivate passions and interests and hobbies. And during that time was when I started my yoga practice, my meditation practice. I started to think about creating a blog, which is what I started with, creating a blog as you do and photography. And I was just starting to travel a lot because I had energy and clarity and I wanted to do different things. So whether it's, you know, in my case, it was drinking or whether it's spending time on your phone or watching TV or whatever the activity is. When we take that away and we're able to invest in ourselves and our future, there's so much more time and energy and it's just such a beautiful thing. So I really noticed more energy to pursue my dreams. And there's actually brain science behind this because alcohol decreases natural stimulants like dopamine and serotonin. So this means that it impairs the body's energy levels and further decreases natural stimulants like dopamine and serotonin. So these are the neurotransmitters that are responsible for your body's energy and mood regulation the lack of these neurotransmitters contributes to the feeling of exhaustion. So this is why when you're hungover, you feel exhausted because alcohol decreases these stimulants like dopamine and serotonin. If we also go to a mental health perspective, dopamine and serotonin are incredibly important to your mental health. So if we have something that's decreasing these natural stimulants that support a healthy mental health, what kind of outcome are we expecting? Like truthfully, what do we expect from it? And for someone that had struggled with my mental health, It was really, really nice to have a baseline understanding of my natural serotonin and dopamine levels that I could really work with and understand. Alcohol also affects your blood sugar. So blood sugar is very important to energy levels. If we have a low blood sugar, we can feel lethargic and low energy. If we have high blood sugar, we can kind of feel buzzing and a lot of energy, but it's not going to last. So having a stable and healthy blood sugar level and staying in a healthy blood sugar range is really important. So alcohol also affects your blood sugar. It can damage the cells within your pancreas and impair your pancreas's ability to produce insulin correctly. So because it is not able to produce insulin correctly, it can lead to low blood sugar, which can be really hard for your energy and also your mental clarity and a lot of other things. So it does a lot as it relates to energy levels. You've probably felt it, There's that like slow, lethargic feeling when you're drunk, and when you're hungover, you also feel that way. A lot of us don't really feel high energy on alcohol for a long period of time. You might for a little bit, and a lot of times that's because of high sugar in a lot of the drinks, and it'll probably end up tapering down after you have a few drinks or after a little bit. And with having more time to create a life that I love and really get serious about my spirituality practice and my relationships and the person that I wanted to be, I had more mental clarity on creating a life that I love. When I was drinking and just working and in that whole grind, it's like I didn't even have time to think about creating a life that I love. I was very aware I have a commute, I have this work, and then sometimes I have a commute after and I have work after. And then I only have these two days for these things. One of the days has to be for errands. The other day, is some hungover. I'm noticing this pattern that I'm working and living in. And, you know, having my Saturday and Sunday back and then some of the nights of the week just to feel more energized and better gave me more mental clarity to create a life that I love. And also, importantly, being sober around drunk people really gave me clarity on creating a life that I love. And this is me being in my ego for sure. And this is me being in judgment. And this is me if I was, and I'd been the drunk one. So I had been the drunk one that people were like, yo, that is not what I want to do or not who I want to be. But because I had the perspective now where I was the sober one and I could see people and look at people wasted I'm like, you know, girls on the corner crying yelling at their boyfriends or ex-boyfriends, people falling asleep in booths. One night I fell off of a table and scratched myself and I swear I should have gone to the hospital. But instead we went to the McDonald's drive-thru. Like what? (laughs) Like there's just so many aspects of what I saw, people slurring their words, people yelling, people screaming, people tripping, people falling, people just being belligerent. And I was like, yeah, that is not who I want to be or what I want to do or how I want to use my time on earth in that way. And being sober really gave me that mental clarity on what I didn't want to do and how I didn't want to be and how I wanted to be in my own experience more. That was like unique to me. And there is more on the brain as it relates to chemical changes because the chemical changes in your brain um, when you drink alcohol can lead to more negative feelings. There's a lot of science around this that it can lead to more negative feelings, such as anger, depression, or anxiety because of those neurotransmitters relationship. And we can think about when we see a lot of men drinking and they fight and they get mad and they get stressed. And there's a lot of people that get in fights and they cry and they're upset or they're sad or they're expressing the thing that they have meaning to express while sober alcohol really slows down how your brain processes information. So if you're explaining a story to someone that's drunk or drinking, it's a little bit harder because <laughs> your brain is taking a lot more time to process information. And it makes it a lot harder to work out how you're really feeling and the consequences of your actions. So for me, as a empath, that was also a huge part of it where I'm feeling for me. I'm feeling for you. I'm feeling for the room. I'm feeling for this, the land. I'm feeling for the plants outside. I'm feeling for everything. So if I was drinking or other people were drinking, it was really hard for me to know what was going on and get a grip on what was going on. And there's that part of the empath. Love us empaths. That underneath the empath part is a desire to control, sadly. But you're trying to figure out your environment. You're like, what's going on? So for me, it was really hard because I'm like, okay, I'm intuiting this thing. I'm feeling this thing. I'm understanding this thing, but I'm also like, there's so much non-physical undertones that are going on that are now shifting because of the alcohol that I had a hard time being with. And I had a hard time really understanding. And because alcohol is a depressant, it can really disrupt balance it can affect our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions, and sometimes our long-term mental health. So again, this is due to the neurotransmitters, which are the chemicals that help transmit signals from one nerve or neuron in the brain to one another. So if you are an empath or someone that is a deep feeler, sometimes people drink to help them with that so that they can turn off those sensory perceptions, the gifts, the feelings of moods, thoughts, emotions all of the things that are unseen and all of the things that are unsaid. So a lot of times people are drinking because they're empaths. It kind of dulls that. But for me, I didn't like that feeling. I didn't like not to have my own experience and not really know. It just felt like a soup. We're all in this unconscious, like weird soup. It didn't feel good. I was like, I don't like this. And that's another thing about spirituality. It's like being like, hello, this doesn't feel good. And then being like, I got you, fam. We're not going to do that anymore. No matter what people say. Spirituality can actually be super simple. You can be like, I am consciously aware enough to be like, I don't like this. And that could be your soul or your human body. And then you could be like, you know what? I got you. We don't need to do this. And then the universe just aligns to support you in every way because you're acting in alignment you're like, okay, this feels unaligned. I'm going to move into alignment with conscious awareness. The universe will support you. It's actually that simple in a lot of ways. I also noticed better conversations and more high vibrational connections. There was a lot of times when you're drinking, when you're hanging out with people, you're like, do I like you? (laughs) I don't know if I like you or I enjoy this conversation. And I found myself having conversations I wasn't interested in because people a lot of times had left the building. I always say this. I'm like, when people are drinking, they almost have left the building. And I'll talk a little bit about that later in relation to the spirit and the aura, but you're not really talking to them. You're talking to their body, but their soul has left. And it never felt like there was a purpose. I'm like, where are we going from here? And as someone that's so incredibly deep, I don't know how to stay surface. And I'm actually, in my old age, I've learned to love small talk. Small talk is very important. It's very important to progressing to deep talk It's actually a very beautiful art and practice that makes people feel comfortable, that just like matters in life. But for me, it's really hard to just be like, yeah, go bears, like whatever. And can you believe that thing about that? And I'm just like, what is like the deepest part of you? (laughs) So for me, talking to people that were drunk, it was very hard because I want to get to the root. I want to get to the depth. And I would also find that because I'm so deep and I have this unique ability to get to the thing, Or the crux of someone's heart or issue or um, what's going on with them. That's a gift of mine through interviewing and through the way that I exist is just being able to ask the right questions that bring us to the truth of the heart of the matter that someone is going through. And I would just be, we'd be drinking or I'd be in situations with people drinking and I would do that. And then that's not like party vibes. (laughs) People are like, yeah, totally. I've hated myself since I was five. And I'm like, what? and I would just bring people to points of like that depth and truth. And it's even sadder at times. So it'd be like, we're getting deep, but it is not the vibe of the party. And so it wouldn't always be fun. It would be like, we're crying or all of those things. So for me, I've noticed so much better conversations and truths and connections and high vibrational experiences since not drinking. When I'm looking at money and how I want to respect and love and be in relationship to money, if I'm spending money in a way that doesn't feel in alignment to my highest expression, to my greatest life, and to something I really like, I like to spend money in better ways than drinking. So I also noticed more money. And that was very important for me, especially with my first job living in the city. It was very, very important to me. They say the average American spends $600 on alcohol per year, which seems low, to be honest. There's a lot of money that you spend in alcohol. And it was great to have all that money back. I want to talk for the rest of this about the spiritual connection and and drinking. So spirituality and drinking and observations that I've noticed over the years and things that I've read about or conversations I've had with other spiritual teachers or leaders. Because the number one thing was finding a better connection spiritually. I was much more able to clearly hear my soul and my spirit and receive downloads and understand who I was and my essence since I drink. Alcohol really does the opposite of supporting spiritual growth. It lowers your vibration, it numbs your psychic senses, and it creates energetic holes in your aura. And this is especially something to think about for all of my empaths. I've been talking a lot about the empath work and There's a few other episodes you can listen to if you search empath, almost 30 that I've done. But it's especially important if you are an empath to be mindful of drinking because as someone that already is a psychic sponge, someone that already is feeling in tune to emotions, vibrations, sights, sounds, smells, if you're in a state where people are really letting their guard down and letting go of their own senses – it can be really hard for you to navigate and work within that construct because you're going to be picking up on a lot of stuff that's very, very unconscious. So if everybody is hanging out partying and essentially going unconscious, leaving their bodies, you're going to be picking up on a lot of weird things and you might lose yourself in it. And you might notice yourself angry or upset or Crying, or all of these things. And it might not even be your own emotions that you're processing or feeling or experiencing. So, when we talk about alcohol lowering your vibration, I think people talk about vibration a lot. And Albert Einstein says, We are vibrational beings, and we truly are. You know, a vibration is really a state of being, it's the atmosphere or the energetic quality of a person, place, a thought, or a thing. Much like when we read vibes or we're like, that's good vibes or that's bad vibes is intuitive. You can really tell a person's energy or vibration when they walk in a room. So we know what it feels like to be around someone that's happy and joyful and all those things. It's like good vibes. We know good vibes. We know bad vibes. So vibration is really the vibrational frequency or the state at which your energy lies. Everything in the universe is made up of molecules that are vibrating at different speeds This includes trees or animals, thoughts, and emotions. Human vibrations are composed of everything from physical matter to the way we communicate or the way we think. So in simpler terms, some molecules vibrate faster and some vibrate slower, and there are higher vibrations and lower vibrations. David R. Hawkins' work is really, really great on this. He's done a lot of work in consciousness research and spirituality and has even qualified the vibrations of different states of being on a scale of consciousness. So we would go from unconscious feelings and emotions that are very low vibrations to very high vibrational feelings and emotions, such as gratitude. And as we ascend, there is more light on the planet. There is more opportunity for us to vibrate at a higher frequency There's a lot of ways you can increase your frequency. You can eat high vibrational food. You can practice forgiveness, meditation, breath work, generosity, thinking positive thoughts. And one of them is reducing or eliminating alcohol. It can temporarily feel good for a lot of people to drink alcohol, but it is a depressant and it can lower your vibration. If you want to be clear and spiritually connected and able to connect and tap in with your soul regularly regularly. And have a healthy outlook on life, chances are that eliminating toxins from alcohol and from your body would be a really good place to start. So rather than numbing out and not feeling the feelings and not allowing yourself to feel butterflies when you go to an event or allowing yourself to process your own emotions, it is really good to adapt a more holistic way of being and a healthier way of dealing with uncomfortable emotions or thoughts. I have noticed that for sure. And I think As an empath, I can go into a room or you can go into a place and you can feel the vibrational frequency of a bar. I can't even really go into a bar at this point. A lot of bars are dark with low ceilings, a lot of wood, very sticky. It's very low vibrational and you can feel it inside. If we think about a high vibrational space, it can be high ceilings, a lot of natural light a lot of plants. That's not a lot of bars. When we think about being an empath and feeling a lot of that, you can really lower your vibration through alcohol. It also lowers your vibration to be doing anything that doesn't feel in alignment to you. So if you love alcohol and you really enjoy drinking and it's in alignment, that's going to be great for your vibration. But for a lot of people, they know they don't love it. They don't really feel good doing it. They don't think it's supportive of their journey. It's damaging their body physically. It's going to lower your vibration. Alcohol also creates holes in your aura. So your auric field is the energy that surrounds your body. So the auric field is forever changing. It's always in motion. It's always free-flowing. It can be really healthy. And for me, most of the time when I'm praying in the evening, I will ask my angels and guides to support me in repairing any rips, tears, or holes in my aura, which is sort of like your force field. It can keep other energies at bay, which is really great. Your auric field, this beautiful radiant auric field can keep other energies at bay unless you have holes or tears in your aura. So you can create these holes or tears in your auric field or your energetic field that surrounds your body by disrupting your energies in various ways. So this can be through negative thinking, through trauma, by giving up your power, by not living in alignment, and also by consuming alcohol and drugs, because they destabilize your nervous system and your vibrational system as well. So by doing this, you can create these holes in your aura, these tears in your aura, where you have energy leaks, where you can have entities or energies enter your aura, and it can keep you from having this radiant and healthy auric field around you, this healthy and radiant energetic field. And I've noticed that as well, where I would notice energy leaks, I would notice me getting exhausted, I would notice that when I would go to bars or go to places where people were drinking, that I would sort of see the souls leave their body. (laughs) And this was just like young psychic me. And that's what I think was another reason why I stopped because I'd see everyone drinking, but it felt like it was like zombies. Like people were just sort of existing and their bodies were sort of moving, but their souls, like there wasn't that soul vitality existing. And You couldn't really feel the aura of people and like that healthy vibrancy that exists within their aura. So alcohol can also create holes within your aura and the energetic field that surrounds your body. It also interferes with your psychic abilities. So if you are intuitive, have a connection to your intuition or have any psychic abilities, it has been known to block these psychic senses. It creates this like haze and murkiness And it does this because if it's affecting your physical body, your mental body, like we talked about, and then your energetic body, all of those impact your psychic gifts. So for all of you that are deeply intuitive and connected, I think we can all think about times where we felt super on fire and super connected to our intuition. And for me, those have been when I've been doing my self-care, spending a lot of time in nature, when I've been regulating my nervous system in a healthy way, when I have been doing my spiritual practices or spiritual work and had a clear channel. And that's why they call it a clear channel. And a clear channel is essentially allowing the energetic frequency coming from the heavens or coming from above you or coming from below you from other Gaia to move through your entire body. And the blockages occur within your chakra system. And these blockages could be happening by drinking alcohol. So if you're someone that is psychic or deeply intuitive, you're probably gonna have your third eye chakra close or spinning a wrong way or not working appropriately and working as in quotes when you are drinking, because it might be too much. You might be seeing too many things. It might wanna turn offline, or it might just be kind of scary to kind of be that open when you're surrounded by people that aren't conscious or aren't safe. And through the spiritual journey, you never wanna get into the point where your spiritual ego is like, I cannot hang out with anyone that is not awakened or woke or spiritual. But I do think that there is a healthy amount of time with unconscious people if you're a conscious person. And for me, I know that I have to limit my amount of time I spend with people that are unconscious because it's good to go and test your skills. You know, one of my favorite Ram Dass quotes is, if you think you are enlightened, go spend a week with your family because we can spend time with unconscious people. And it can be all of the spiritual learnings and lessons that we need to have because we can really use it as a playground for our growth and testing our spiritual education. But I do recommend limiting the amount of time you spend with unconscious people for your own health and for your own mental health and spiritual health. So when you are someone that is intuitive or psychic and you're spending a lot of time with people that are unconscious, it can be really hard. You can feel really alone. You can feel really crazy. You can feel like there's something wrong with you. So I found like such a deep connection to my psychic senses and my gifts and abilities not drinking. It's made it so much more clear. And I think that in addition to keeping my vibration high has allowed me to have much better discernment in the spiritual realm than I would have had before. And when we're working within the spiritual realm, when we're working with our ancestors, our guides, our galactic team, our angels, whoever you're working with, Discernment is incredibly important. And this is a whole other podcast that I'm not going to get into today, but discernment is incredibly important. You being spiritually sound enough, spiritually confident enough to be discerning of the energies or entities that are communicating or connecting with you is so, so important because it's a wild world out there in the unseen world. And there's a lot of energies that are trickster energies that are clever energies that maybe don't want to connect with you for your highest good or your highest timeline. So when you have clarity on that and you're able to really see and feel and trust yourself and trust your gut about what you're connecting with and how, your life and your spiritual journey and the spiritual support that you have from your spiritual teams is going to be so much better. And when you're able to connect with your angels and guides and those team that love you and want to support you in this human body. It's such a beautiful and incredible thing. We have amazing podcast interviews with people like Taylor Page of Angels and Amethyst or Nikki Novo on angels and connecting with your spirit team. So make sure to listen to those if you want to dig in more to that. So not only can alcohol not support your spiritual growth, it can lower your vibration. It can really numb your psychic senses And it can create energetic holes in your aura. And I've noticed that my journey in spirituality, my journey in connection to my soul, which is the best thing ever, has been so beautiful since not drinking alcohol. So I'm celebrating my probably 10 years, maybe eight years not drinking. And life just keeps getting better and better. And again, my intention with this conversation was not to tell you that anything you're doing is bad or that you are wrong, or that you are not as spiritual as me or as spiritual as someone else. My intention with this conversation was to inspire anyone that is sober curious or anyone that is looking to stop drinking alcohol or take a break from alcohol. And my intention is always to bring a different side of a conversation than we might be hearing. Because I think for a lot of us, drinking alcohol is so normalized and so widely accepted that I always like to just share something that is different, something that is creating and part of the new paradigm that we live and exist in. So I really appreciate you being here and listening to Almost 30. It has been the most beautiful journey creating this community with you. I'm so grateful. I'm so excited for our members that we have our day in Malibu in December We are going to have a spiritual, beautiful, healing wellness festival with all of our members who get to join us for free. So if you're a member, make sure you sign up for that. I'm really, really excited. And we have some great things coming from Almost 30 this fall that I'm really looking forward to sharing with you. And I really appreciate your listenership. You can go to almost30.com for more information about the show, for all of our partnership discount codes, which are super important, and then to learn more about any of the offerings that we have from Almost 30. We support podcasters, we support your spiritual evolution, and we support you and being your best self almost 30 podcast on TikTok, almost 30 podcast on Instagram. Make sure you follow us. And then I'm on Instagram at it's Krista. It's I-T-S-K-R-I-S-T-A. I'm excited to connect with you. I'm so grateful you listened and I hope you enjoyed.